welcome to Small Steps Living, the The podcast. podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Cordaff, bringing you inspiring stories to help you transform your life one small step at a time. Here at Small Steps Living, we're keeping it real. Kick back and And enjoy enjoy the show. show. Welcome everyone to another episode of the podcast and for what is becoming my absolute favorite thing to do on the podcast, which is interview my amazing small steppers. And I have a really interesting lady for you to meet today. Once again, she doesn't think her story is much chop and I totally disagree. You are going to learn things about kids' behaviour, about ditching scales, about how this whole uh, balance and I guess the whole small steps approach works in real life. So welcome, Jane Davis. Hello. Thank you. Where are you dialing in from? From I'm halfway between two little towns in Western Australia um, in East Pingley, so we're between Brookton and Pingley. I just can't tell you how many small steppers there are in WA. What is, what's with that? Just, I keep on, I feel like there's actually this big, huge, remote Australia community that is having to connect online to yes. groups like this because the access to go to events or things like that just doesn't actually exist. Would that be? That's right. Yeah, that's correct. So I do pretty much everything online, all my shopping, all my communicating. I'm studying externally. I'm at uni, so I do all that online, everything. It's all online now. Um, I think my mum said the other day there's 2 million, uh, population of 2 million in WA and only 500,000 of those are rural in Western Australia. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we're quite spread out. Yeah. So we're not close to anything. We don't have a lot of shops or anything like that. So, yeah, everything's online. So when you say you do your like all your shopping online, is that from supermarkets or are you? Yeah, supermarkets, clothing, um, pantry staples, all that sort of thing. So if I want to go to it, like we have an IGA in town, but it's very small and what they do provide is not of the best quality and it's very expensive, costs a fortune. It's actually cheaper to drive to Perth, which is an hour and a half one way, and buy food in Perth and come back again than it is to buy it locally, which is probably not what I should be saying. I should be saying buy local, but when it costs you a lot and it's not of quality, it's a bit harder. That's really hard. Mm, definitely. Um, yep. And I think it's something. It's a story that I hear quite a lot. It's like, yeah. All right. Or even people, you know, I talk about farmers markets in Brisbane. I have two that I could go to on a Sunday, Saturday and two that I could go to on a Sunday. Totally spoiled. Yeah. But even people in Melbourne are like, don't have that. So it like there's Mm. different challenges depending on where you live. Yeah. For sure. So, okay. Have you always lived there? And tell us just a little bit about your family. Yeah, so I actually grew up in a town called Albany, right down the bottom of WA. It's a coastal town. And then mum and dad moved to Perth when I hit high school. Um, So I did high school in Perth and then, yeah, pretty well from there. I moved to another small town uh, when I was about 22 and I took a job uh, managing a rec centre in a small town in Narragin for a little while. And then, yeah, I ended up meeting my husband and getting married and moving to the farm. So. Yeah. So you're a farmer's wife? I am. 
keeps what, us busy. What do you farm? A uh, little bit of crop, but mainly sheep. So we have a lot of sheep, so it keeps us busy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it does. Okay, so tell us about how you kind of got started on this this whole foods thing. Was it always something for you or was it something that you came to? Um, so it was actually, I was on Facebook online and I saw your webinar with Jude Blarow and I listened to it and it actually made me have all these aha moments um, right back to when, um, so when I talked about the MSG with my daughter. So one example was we were driving home from Perth. I gave her chicken nuggets from McDonald's, I think it was, and it was within about 20 minutes she was screaming at me, like angry, and she's she's the most placid kid. She was so chilled, dream baby textbook, slept all the time, breastfed amazing, no problems, and then this kid just yelling, screaming, bright red, nothing I said or did could calm her down. She was just a mess. And I was like, what the heck? And I was like, the only thing that's different is the nuggets. So I thought, oh, well. I won't give them to her again and we didn't have an issue again. And then I listened to your webinar with Jude and a few things started to click in place and then that's when we started to realise a few things. So so tell us tell us a little bit about, I mean, and if anyone's listening and you're not sure, um, Jane is referring to Jude Blarow who is like, you know, the godmother of Australian Whole Foods. She's um, an amazing, amazing woman and I... I've interviewed her so many times now and every time I learn something I and it's her common sense approach and that and just going going back to basics that I love even although I feel like she's at a point that I'd love to be you know in terms of the ingredients that she uses the abil- her ability to actually cook technical things yeah, yeah. is kind of a little bit beyond me right now with you know the three little kids but um uh tell me when you heard that and then when you experienced the chicken nugget thing, what else? Because you meant I, I know the MSG story, but everyone else doesn't know it. So perhaps give us a little bit of a. Yeah, sure. So uh, every Sunday night, the local roadhouse, the VP, we'd call in and get our fish and chips. My husband plays football, so we'd be there all day. The last thing I'd want to do is come home and cook. So we'd grab our fish and chips and it would be every Monday night, almost exactly 24 hours later, she would have an epic meltdown. They would last sometimes 45 minutes to an hour, an hour and a half, and you couldn't touch her, couldn't go near her. At one, uh, The one thing that um, was the hardest at one stage, she was rocking back and forth, holding the back of her head and just would not, she was only two and a half, maybe three at this stage, she's about three and a half now. Yeah, and I'd I was just like, this is not normal. This is, you know, three-year-olds, they have their tantrums, but they pull themselves out of it pretty quick. They, you know, you can distract them with something and they're fine. But, no, this was, I was like, this cannot be normal. This cannot. So, um, yeah, so I had joined your Small Steps program at that stage and was just starting to take small steps. Um, and it was then that I realised, well, maybe I'll just cut out the fish and chips considering we'd had the reaction from the nuggets so long ago. And then, yeah, it was just almost instant, nothing. No, no, she was, it was just, I was like, how can that just a fish and chips on Sunday night just have such an effect? And, um, yeah, then I was talking to my sister who's also a teacher in Melbourne and she said, I've just done some research. Have you ever heard of an MSG tantrum? 
And I was like, no, an MSG tantrum, surely that's not a real thing. She's like, it is, and it happens exactly 24 hours after eating it. And I was like, light bulb moment, that's it, right? It has to go. Just, yeah, which makes it hard, yeah, when going out and things. (laughs) But it's so worth it not giving it to her. It's just a different child completely. It's just so crazy that we don't know what all of this food is doing and that can you imagine if you were a family who had that a few nights a week and were in just this constant, like this constant meltdown of children situation. I mean, it's and it's not something that happens to everyone, but I mean, how lucky for her that you've copped on because I think that's the worst thing when you see your child going through something that you're like, I don't want this to be your thing. Like, I'm suffering. This sucks for me, but this sucks harder for you. That's right, exactly. And she was just to the point where she was, so after the tantrum, she'd just be so exhausted, but then she'd go to sleep and it wouldn't be a good solid sleep where she'd sleep through the night. She was restless and she'd cry out and all sorts of things throughout the night. So it wasn't even like she was sleeping well or anything afterwards. So I was like, there's got to be something else. And then, yeah, it was the MSG. So talk to us about like where was food before um, before small steps and, you know, did you make improvements from that? Because from what you shared f- with me, you knew how to cook. Yeah. Well, I have to know how to cook. I'm a farmer's wife. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to provide like, the food. Because, but everything was pretty well packet cake mixes because it was quick. Right. Whiz okay, it up, yeah. chuck it in the oven. Um mini chocolate bars, summer rolls. It was just what juice boxes. It was just whatever I could get my hands on that was quick and easy and I could chuck in a lunchbox. And my husband's grown up with that as well. So I just thought, well, that's what he, he likes. I know he likes it. So I'll just throw it in. But um, yeah, so it was because my husband could see the change in our daughter that he he was like, no, we need to stick with this and change what we're eating and everything every now and then he goes I'm too skinny and I said well that's because you're not eating all the junk when you're sitting on the tractor (laughs) not putting on all the weight he's like oh I have to buy smaller clothes I was like well at least you're healthy dear (laughs) well exactly so what were you what do you reckon were some of the quickest easiest sort of things that you started to change like did it surprise was it really hard or were there some things that were easy I've actually found it quicker to make something from scratch than try and read the instructions on the back of the box of how to make it or whatever else. It's actually been quite an easy transition. Um, I think I spoke to you before when we had our Perth Small Steps catch up and I was saying that I was previously a Thermomix consultant and everything else. And since I've been making things things from scratch, I've actually found that I'm not using the Thermomix as much. It's just so quick to just chop up the veggies, chuck it in the tray, put the sausages on in the oven, done. It's just, yeah, I don't I don't know how to explain it or why, but it is just easier just to do it yourself from scratch. I, you know, I started my Facebook page as a Thermomix consultant because I was experimenting with this new machine and doing all fun things. And then I got a bit the same as you. Like, I feel like Yes, it, it's it's brilliant and it does it's a helpful tool in my kitchen. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like, I just 
And especially because of the kids and where they're at and they don't like things, everything mixed in together, that I was just doing a lot of roast veggie, a lot of sweet potato, a lot of, you know, steamed greens, you know, that sort of stuff that, yeah, I and the flavour, if you get good food, is it's enough to... It sure is, yeah. The flavour is a hundred times better. Yeah, like I tried to do bolognese in the Thermomix so many times, all of the best recipes I tried, and you just cannot beat a simmered down on the stovetop reducing good, hearty. Flavours all the way through the meat, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about you and your relationship with yourself throughout all of this. Yeah, so um, previously, um, obviously, because we were eating um, foods that probably weren't the best for us, my weight was quite, um, used to fluctuate a lot. Like I could lose five kilos in two weeks, on, off, on, off. It just went up and down. And I was like, this is crazy. It used to drive me nuts because I'd have two different sizes in my wardrobe. Which one am I going to wear this week sort of thing? But, um, yeah, since starting Small Foods, it's so it's been sort of like an on flow effect. So um, I feel like my mind is my brain isn't foggy anymore. It's so clear. I can think straight. Um, I can. I never used to be able to do lots of things at once or think about several things at once, and I would just get overwhelmed and almost have a meltdown myself. But now I can think clearly. I can do several things at once. I know what's going on. I'm more organised. I've been able to go back to university while I've got the two girls and help the husband on the farm, that sort of thing. It's all just been able to um, get, it's all just clicked into place. So then I suppose while all that was happening, I just got distracted from the jumping on the scales, my clothes aren't fitting, et cetera, et cetera. And then I started playing netball again as well. So then the exercise has come in, so I've been feeling good because I've been exercising, eating well, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I don't even need the scales. I don't even need to try on different clothes or have different things it was just oh this works this I feel good I don't need to worry about it I'm happy I'm healthy I'm just living it's great there's no there's nothing hanging over me anymore I just think it's crazy how so many of us look at what is on the scales as a reflection of who we are how good we are um how on track or how and it it's just um it takes the focus away from the things that you were just talking about which is actually how i feel is better am i moving uh you know and i see people like even people who come into small steps and it's something you know that i always talk about like just don't make life about food even although food is so important as we've just heard with the msg tantrums and that kind of thing but it, it if we make if we get obsessive about food then we're not getting obsessive about living an awesome life which is that's right what if we're if if our focus is kind of on that like what makes me feel really good what can I do like right now and Mm. if that becomes kind of your compass point I guess then eating a great meal is like a result of that and joining a netball team is like oh man I'm just gonna do it because and yeah I just 
I find I find that like really heartwarming if small steps has played a part in that because oh definitely that's, has. that's like the whole the whole point you know we can all follow we all know the rules around food we all know we should be eating you know lots of vegetables and and if it was just about doing that well then we would all be doing it but it's not because there's conversations going on in our head and mm-hmm. you know self-sabotage and all that comes about when we just don't feel good in ourselves exactly yeah yeah that's right it's almost like a circle too so like you you know you're not feeling the best so you know I now know that I now need to go and cook something decent to eat make it it's not hard it's quick and then I've eaten and then I feel better rather than going to the cupboard trying to find that packet of whatever just to shove down quickly before you go do the next thing yeah it just yeah it just improves everything yeah it's a spin-off effect so what are you studying at uni tell us Um, I'm finishing off my teaching degree. So I did it many years ago when I was younger and, of course, doing the typical, ah, I can finish it later, I don't really need to do it now, I can go do some other things, try a few different jobs. Yeah, wish I'd finished it when I was a bit younger, but that's okay. So, yeah, I'm (laughs) finishing that off now. (laughs) So what will you do, primary, secondary? Uh, Kindy to year seven. Oh, nice. Gives me more options for more work, so. Yeah, which I'm sure there's not that many schools around your area. No. (laughs) Um, If you had, if you could sort of go back in time or if you could tell yourself like back before you knew anything, what would Mm. advice that you would give yourself about about food? Mm, Good one. Um, Definitely, it is definitely about the small steps so even if you can't get the organic lettuce or the organic capsicum or grass-fed organic beef or whatever just eat the fruit and veg and the meat go back to basics and just do the best you can with what you've got because I face that every day here I can't just go and get organic fruit and veg and grass-fed meat um so I just do the best with what I've got sometimes it is frozen veggies but at least it's veggies at least it's not Fish and chips where my daughter's going to have a meltdown. You know, it's just, yeah. yeah. So just I go back to basics. Work yeah, with what just, you've got. Oh, I, I love that. And I think that there's so many, like we see in small steps that the perfectionist um, tendencies that people have, like mm-hmm. once you know this stuff, you can't not know it. And so you want to do it right. But then that That's causes right. all, all kinds of stress. So I... I love, like, do you have any ways in which you've kind of been able to bring that? Is it just that you can't be a perfectionist about it or have you had to kind of let go of certain things? It's probably a bit of both. I did get very stressed at the first, at the beginning. Oh, my goodness, how am I going to get all this organic stuff? I don't know how to do it. I'd been driving to Mundaring an hour and a half that way to get meat and fruit and veg, which I do generally anyway because I know I can get good quality stuff. But even then, sometimes I couldn't get the organic fruit and veg. So then I got to the point where I was like, right, you're doing your own heading, enough's enough. you just got to work with what you've got. This is the best you can do at the moment. And when you can get it, get it. And when you can't, that's fine too. And, you know, I remember with Jude, and I don't know if this was one of the webinars that you watched, when she's like, Get out your woman's weekly biscuits or That's cakes cookbook. Yeah, yeah. And she's mm-hmm. just make something from that. 
white sugar, white flour. Who the frig cares? Just make yep. it from scratch and you are winning. And I, that's the thing that keeps me sane sometimes is, you know, what whatever I'm doing, if I can do it by myself, and which doesn't always happen at all, but if I am, every time I do that, then that's a win for the team. That's right. So I'm yeah. so glad that that has seeped into you. And I, and I, I love also that um, you can still be patting yourself on the back every single step of the way, which I think is important because <laughs> otherwise, like, what are we doing with our life if we're just going to be whipping ourselves for the things that we haven't done, you know? Exactly. could put you in a pretty... Um pretty tough spot if you can't get yourself out of that rut where you just think you're not doing a good enough job all the time you just you just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel but once you just tell yourself it's okay you're doing the best you can let's just keep going it works you just get on with it and your day's good again oh and that is where we will end this interview because that is the best piece of advice everyone should hear what you just said then because I think if more people took a leaf out of our books, you know, concentrating on our kids, looking at them and seeing, hey, this doesn't feel right. I might need to do something about this. And then experimenting without going crazy. And then and then finding that, okay, that sticks. Let's just keep going with that. But then also just relaxing on the journey, being able to to give yourself a pat on the back and knowing that everything's going to be okay <laughs> is like is the best and that's why your story is worth sharing because you are an example to people of someone who's doing amazing things personally in your life you know finishing off uni getting back into sport like you know there's so that is something that really holds people up and you're out there doing it and you're doing great work for your family and you're running a farm, bloody hell, I don't even know how you do it all. And But you've just got this beautiful balanced approach. And I am so grateful to you for sharing that with us today because you're I welcome. think, well, the more people know that this is possible and that it doesn't have to be stressful and we don't have to turn ourselves inside out, sure, there's a moment of stress as a lot of us realise, oh gosh, the way that I'm doing things might not be the best way. But if we can make those changes slowly and with kindness to ourselves, then I think we're going to get further, faster. That's right. Exactly. Well, thank you, Jane. You're welcome. Thank you. It's been lovely talking to you. Thank you for taking some time out. Now go and like, what do you do with sheep? Are you going to shear them? <laughs> like, well, I don't no. even... <laughs> not, not today. We're not shearing today. No, it's a bit bit cotton wet for that we usually do that in March um I'm not doing anything with sheep today thankfully but I do have cleaning to do so sorry <laughs> that we at least now we've had a good chat and then that makes the dishes easier yeah <laughs> I don't think anything makes dishes easier <laughs> they're the bane of my existence I hate them that's what that we and washing ah oh, the washing pile I just went away and I came back and mum had been here for a few days and the whole, like all of my washing was up to date. Everything was away. Love it when mum comes to visit. It's the best Always. Thing. Like, not wrong. How does she just, how does she do this? I just don't know. 
My mum had four kids under five and a half years <gasps> and in five and a half years and I honestly look at her now, I said, Mum, how did you do it? Honestly, I've got two girls and I cannot fathom the idea of four kids. No way. It's just incredible. And that's it. Everything would have been from scratch for her. Mm-hmm. Everything, you know, like, yeah. That's that's what I I often use that as a barometer. Like my granny, she wasn't going through cookbooks every second day. She wasn't flicking through Facebook and being bombarded with ideas of what to eat. She just knew how to make a roast, how to make mm-hmm. you know basic food chops and you know, mashed potato, whatever it was, like we're not doing ourselves a favour by complicating it. It's the head, it's the head stuff that I think needs to just be calmed right down so that we can just go back to basics, have our staples, know that we can whip them out like our parents and their parents did. Mm. That's like um, the house that my husband and I live in, his pot built about 60 years ago when him and his Nana went, wow, his pop and his Nana got married and the um, marks still in the sink where his Nana used to cut the sheep up that they, they <gasps> got from the paddock. <laughs> that they got from the paddock. <laughs> but there is, there's marks in the sink from the knife where she's cut the sheep up on the sink. That is next level, Jane. Yeah, that that's like, like every, I did she not know what you were going to say. Scratch. Scratch. Wow. <laughs> she, every, she did everything. She grew all her own food. They had their own meat. They had milk from a cow. They did everything from scratch, like themselves. They had. If they you were think about the difference the- between what our kids are growing up eating and versus what your dad would have grown up, like that is, it's we've just messed things up really quickly for ourselves, and all we need to just do is go back to basics. So. Thank you for sharing your story of how you're doing that. I think you're a total rock star and I'm so grateful to have the chance to chat today. No worries. Thanks, Lisa. For more inspiration, interviews and know-how, head to smallstepsliving.com. Small Steps Living, inspiring your best life one small step at a time.